This week has just been just incredibly difficult to watch. It's and uh, as your spiritual coach, I want to share a few thoughts with you, and um, I hope you will hear me out because I, I think it needs to be said. There are things that need to be spoken in God's house, and. With all that's going on in this world, uh, I have so many emotions. And, and I want to tell you, number one, racism is wrong. It's, it's actually a sin. And even in Deuteronomy chapter 10, it, it, it tells us to love, in, in different translations, foreigners, sojourners, aliens, and strangers. And just because it's somebody that may not look just exactly like you, it said you're, you're supposed to love them. In fact, didn't Jesus say, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Because he said, you once were in Egypt yourself. You were the sojourners. You were the ones who were the ones who were different. And I'm going to make a statement, and I, I hope that you understand this, but if you're racist against another human being, you're racist against God. You know, God loved that person enough that he would go to a cross and go through torture, and die so that they could be saved. That's how much he loves them. But I also want to say, we, use, we love to use the scripture in Matthew 25 and 40. When you've done this to the least of these, you've done it as unto me. You know, we love that in the positive way. Yeah, we fed hungry people. We went to the prison. But what about in a negative way? What if you treated someone unkindly? Maybe we have done that as unto the Lord as well. And I, I, I want to tell you that Racism, it masks itself in pride. You think that you're better than someone else. I want you to remember, though, what we've always taught here, and it's this. All of us are made from dirt. (laughs) And isn't it funny that one color dirt thinks they're better than another color of dirt? And yet God loves dirt. God so loved the earth world. That's us. That's those who are made from the earth. And we are all from the same family, going from Genesis. And I want to remind you that Jesus tells us to love your neighbor. He, over and over, we, we see how we should be respectful. He even used a young virgin girl named Esther to become queen because there was prejudice and there was a racist Haman who was trying to wipe out a whole entire culture of people. So with that being said, I want to also, on the other side, say stealing is wrong. I want to tell you destroying other people's property is wrong. Taking the life of another human being is wrong. Martin Luther King said, returning violence For violence only multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Two wrongs will never make a right. It was wrong what happened. It was wrong. It should have never happened. But what's happening now is just as wrong. Sin is is sin. And for me, the saddest thing I heard this week was, please let me stand, I can't breathe. 
It made me so sad. And what I see in the world today is a python spirit, something that wants to choke the life out of individuals. The Bible says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. What is going on is not of God, and it is not right, and it all needs to stop. We need a revival of Jesus Christ in our, not only our nation, but our world. We need unity in our world. We need love in our world and showing some kindness. I I was thinking about the old song we used to sing, Give Me That Old Time Religion. And the other verse says, makes me love everybody. Think about that for a while. I was also thinking about a world, a song that I've heard on the radio as a, even as a young man. What the world needs now, and I've kind of changed it up, is love, God's love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. Can I get a good witness? We opened up the service this morning with a song that we were playing. And it says, you're my brother. You're my sister. Take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. And there's no foe that can defeat us. We're walking side by side. And as long as there is love. And I feel the Holy Spirit. As long as there is love, we will stand. Can you say amen? Today I'm, I'm, I'm going to pretend we're at a spiritual lubies because that was message number one. Now I'm going to the next course. That was, I guess that was the roast beef. And now we're going to go to the steaks. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts 19. Because... This Sunday is what people need. This Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. And something marvelous happened to believers on this feast day. And I want you to turn to Acts 19, verse 1. And it says this, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. They were, they were preaching the word everywhere they were going. And they found some disciples and they asked him, now these were believers in Jesus, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. A lot of people have either, they've not heard about the, the Holy Spirit, or if they have, it's been packaged in a bad way to where it's been a negative influence in their life. And I want to go over a few phrases with you that are phrases that are used in the church world. And the first one is Holy Spirit. We've talked about this a few weeks ago. It, 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 it is the, the word spirit. It, it's a Greek word, and it basically means breath. And I think that that's interesting with the I can't breathe, what's going on. People need the Holy Spirit. They need the breath of God because there is a python spirit that would want to choke out the very life spiritually in individuals, and we need the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. 
this, this breath is like a fresh air. It's, it's like a wind in your sails. You may have heard the term spirit-filled. And what, what, what this term means is breath-filled. It means that these are individuals who have welcomed a baptism Sunday, and I'm going to talk about this, of the Holy Spirit. And today is Pentecost Sunday, so what does the word Pentecost mean? It's, it's actually a Jewish holiday. Very simple. It actually means 50. It's 50 days after Passover that the Jews would celebrate this feast. And Jesus decided that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on this Jewish holiday. So I used the word baptism just a few moments ago, and and it doesn't just refer to water, natural water. Baptism means to be immersed in, immersed in. So when you say a baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about being immersed in the Holy Spirit or the breath of God. So what I want to do is I want to show you today uh, three baptisms that you can experience. And I want to start with the first one is, and, and it's baptized into the body of Christ. And if you're taking notes today, being baptized or being immersed into the body of Christ, what this represents, if you want to jot this down, is salvation. Very simply, salvation. When you get saved, the salvation experience, it is not a religion. Hear me today. But it's immersion into a relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13. For we were all immersed. We were all immersed. How? By one spirit into one body. Well, the body, the Bible, when it talks about the body, it's the, the people of God. So we, when we become saved, we were immersed by one spirit into one body. Galatians 3, 26 and 27. You are all sons of God. How? Through faith. Everyone say faith. Yeah. God wanted to make sure no one could take the credit for our salvation. Through faith in who? Christ Jesus, for all of you who were immersed into Christ, and there's that salvation experience, you have clothed yourself with Christ. In other words, you put something on. So this is your first step of a, an immersion experience, of a baptism experience. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians that when you believed, you were sealed with the very Spirit of God. So this baptism of the Holy Spirit would be something different. In, in Acts and in John, you, you, you can see where uh, the disciples had Jesus breathe on them. And he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And it's that point, they became saved. But then in Acts 1 and 5, Jesus said, you disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem And I want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, futuristic. So he's telling them, you're saved, but there is more for you. So this is the first baptism that you can experience is salvation. I want to tell you, it's the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. Really having a relationship with Jesus Christ, I love it. This this week, I have my relationship with him. I even told him a good joke, and I believe he even laughed. The problem with, with, with God is he knows 
what we're going to say before we say it so he knows the punchline of our joke. So I don't, I don't know. I guess he was being nice. I'm just kidding you. The second is water baptism. Water baptism. And this is a separate experience from the first baptism of your salvation. It, it is the next step for you. So it, this cannot be a work because then you could say, well, I did something to be saved. Salvation is a free gift. And t- over 20 times in the New Testament, people were baptized immediately after salvation. Look at Acts chapter 2 and 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized. Accepting those who accepted his message were baptized. Accepting Jesus is a private decision that eventually needs to go public at some point. I love to use this example of the wedding ring. Kim and I are married, and this is a symbol that we are married. It doesn't make me married, but it stands for something. It's a symbol of something that said, we are in covenant together, that we made a vow before God that we would love each other, only love one another till the day that we die. This doesn't make me married, but it is a symbol of what has already happened in our covenant relationship. And this is what baptism is like. Baptism is a symbol of what has already happened in your heart. But you are just going public, and it's a declaration of a private decision that has happened to you. And going public is so important I want to tell you why. Because in Matthew 10, 32, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown them before the Father in heaven. So you can see here, water baptism is important that you go public with your faith. But I also want to talk about this third baptism or this immersion a baptism in the Holy Spirit. As I said, the disciples received the Holy Spirit when they got saved, and so did you. When, when you get saved, you don't just get Jesus. No, you get the fullness of, of the Godhead. You, you get Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It, it's a package. But Jesus said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you have received power. So... The disciples had something else for them. And um, I, I can share with you like an example of a cup. A cup can hold water if you pour water into a glass. And that's like your salvation. But this same cup can be immersed into a swimming pool. You see the difference? You, you can be saved, but that cup can be thrown into a swimming pool, and it's a totally different experience from having water on the inside and on the outside. I want to show you in Acts, you can, th- you can see these three baptisms. Acts chapter 8, if you want to turn there. And we're going to look at verse 5 and 12, 14 through 17. Turn to Acts chapter 8. Hey, I hear Bibles. I hear rice paper. That's good. I know a lot of us have our phones, but you, you may have your Wi-Fi off and not be able to use it. 
Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the gospel there. Notice this. But when they believed, there's the key word, Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, here comes the second immersion. They were baptized, both men and women. So you see the first two, but jump down to verse 14. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they arrived, they prayed for them that they may receive the Holy Spirit. Because, now notice they're already saved, they're water baptized, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. He's talking about a baptism of the Holy Spirit. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. They had been water baptized. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Why another experience? Why would God want us to receive this? He wants you to receive a free gift of salvation? Absolutely. But the other two baptisms require you to take a step, a very bold step of faith. I know for me, I was one that I waited till I think I was nine years old before I got baptized, water baptized. I gave my heart to Jesus and I just wasn't real sure about the whole baptismal tank because it was huge in my dad's church and, uh, and I wasn't so sure about it. But the day that I decided to get baptized, I'll never forget. And I've told you this story before. Uh, my father uh, put me under the water way too long. And I guess he wanted to make sure it was going to stick. I don't know. But I, I, I will never forget coming out of the water. And, and everyone has an a, uh, experience that you will experience. Uh, some laugh, some cry, some worship, some get real excited, and some say, what's next? But I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. I just know what happened to me. And, and I felt this, this, like this fire. that When I was coming up out of the water, I felt like a fire coming out of me. And it, was, it was like a spiritual cleansing, even though I was already saved. I, I, I don't know, I felt like the fire of God was just going through my body. And I'll, I'll never forget it. After I said, Dad, you can let me up now, that's when it happened. You see, bap- the third baptism, it, the baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't have an eternal purpose, but it does have an earthly one. It has an earthly purpose. He can send you, he can send me as the church. He has some work for us to do. And this work is going to take some power to be able to pull it off. You shall receive power after this baptism comes upon you. And, and to be quite honest, as a church, we couldn't have come this far unless we, we've had this power to be able to, to get us where we are today. And, and it just don't mix it up with what's free. Don't mix it up with your salvation. <laughs> Look at John, 1 John uh, chapter 5. I want to show you another place. Because I, I think this is so good. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. For there are three, everyone say three. Three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and John loved to call Jesus the Word, didn't he? The Word became flesh. So you've got the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And notice what he says. These three are one. 
Let's keep reading. And there are three that bear witness, not on heaven, but where? On earth. The Spirit, there it is, one baptism. The water, there's a second baptism. And the blood, there's a third one. These three agree as one. So you see the blood as a immersion of your salvation, water as being water immersed, and the Spirit, or an immersion of, or a baptism of, the Holy Spirit. Salvation baptism, water baptism, spirit baptism. And this is a spiritual journey for us all to take. I want to encourage you to pursue all God has for you. All of us are at different stages of our journey, our spiritual journey. And I want to tell you this. Salvation is not how much you do for Christ, your works. In fact, the Bible says not everyone who calls me Lord is going to heaven in Matthew 7. And notice what he says here. I want you to get this. Away from me. I never what? I never knew you. He's not looking for religion. He's not looking for works for you to be saved. He's looking for a relationship. I never knew you. I want a relationship with you. You see the difference? There's an immersion of this relationship. And baptism in the Holy Spirit gives you power. This is why the church world celebrates this Sunday. It is Pentecost Sunday. Let me show you the difference that this power can make. Remember Peter, before Jesus was crucified, he, he was warming up his hands at a fire, and, and he denied to this, to, this little, to this young lady that he even knew Jesus. In fact, he began to use some bad language and say, I don't know him. But notice, after he is immersed on this feast day of Pentecost, by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, now he's preaching to thousands of people that Jesus is Messiah. What a difference. To deny him from a young lady, a young girl, to stand up after he has been immersed by the power of the Holy Spirit and preach to thousands of people, and 3,000 got saved after his message. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? I love that example. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. And I want to tell you that it's a shame that it's been turned into entertainment. It's a shame that it has been packaged in a way that I believe even embarrasses God. Because it is not of Him in some of the ways that it has been packaged. The craziness that turns people off. But I want to encourage you today to not be afraid of the Holy Spirit. In fact, run to Him. Run to Him and be filled with this baptism. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, don't get drunk on wine. And I want to tell you, you're going to look for something to get you a supernatural experience. And he says, don't get drunk on wine. But instead, what? Be filled with the Spirit, the breath of God. You were destined to live a supernatural life, not just a natural one. 
if you can just embrace this person of the Holy Spirit. How are we going to do this? A few things that you can do, and I'll close. Here's the first one. Remove all barriers. Remove all barriers. I know some of you, maybe you were raised in a church that said, ah, this isn't for the church world today. But I want you to be like the Bereans and search the scripture for yourself. Remove all barriers on your spiritual journey and get rid of those barriers that are stopping you from all that God has for you. Water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism, no matter what it is. Look at Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to start with verse 38. And, and these are, this is an example of how you can get rid of the barriers. Peter replied, repent. There's a barrier. What does repent mean? It simply means change your mind. Change your mind. Repent. You used to do things one way. Now you need to do them God's way. And be immersed, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ because of the forgiveness of your sins. Get all that stuff out of your life. Give, hand Jesus, say, Lord, here's the reins. And he says this, and you will receive the gift. Everyone say a gift. I love this. God has gifts for us. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice this. The promise is for you. The promise is for you and to your children and for all who are afar off for whom the Lord our God will call. So get rid of some of the barriers and just say, God, I I just want all you have for me. I'm going to quit thinking in a way that is not aligned with the word of God. And I'm going to start believing the word. And here's the second thing you can do. Request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Request it. Say, Holy Spirit, I want all that you have for me. I'll take everything you have for me. And I want you to know that you can trust God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. I just don't want normal Christianity. I want something that's supernatural. Normal is not enough. Look at Luke 11 and 13. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I love that. Request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remove those barriers. And here's a third one. Receive Him by faith. Receive Him by faith. And if you're If you're jotting some notes down, I want you to circle like three times the word faith. Receive him by faith. There are times in your walk with God that God will want you to make a step of faith. If you've ever served God long enough, you know it's true. There are times where he will want you like Peter. I want you to get out of the boat and I want you to start walking on water. God may have you go into unknown areas. And God is inviting you to take another step. And I I love this example because this this is a spiritual illustration that we can take to heart. And it's from Ezekiel 47. And I'm going to start with verse 5. And and I want you to notice what, what God is doing in his life. He's showing him something. As a man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then he led me through water, like he's going through a spiritual experience, and it was ankle deep. And some of you, that's where you are with God. You're ankle deep with God. Yeah, I I believe him. 
I always think it's funny. I put this down. Some people come to God because of fire insurance. You know what I'm talking about. You know, I just don't want to go to hell. I, that's all I care about. I just don't want to go to hell. Well, th- that's a good start. That's a good start. You're ankle deep. But there's so much more for you. He measured off another thousand cubits and he led me through water that was knee deep. And some of you are, are in that area right now. And it's like you're in the worship service and you kind of lifted one hand today. And then you realize what she's doing, you put it back down. But that, but that was a good step. That was knee deep. That was knee deep. Remember what I said, you, you can start with one hand, then you can hold the baby, and then touch down. You know, you'll, you'll get there. Let's read on. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was up to the waist. It's like he's wet, but he's still in control. He's still in control. And, and some of us, we, we've just got just enough of God to where I'm still in control and not God. I've not totally surrendered. But then he measured off another thousand cubits, and now I was in a river I could not cross. Because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. And he goes on to say that there and only there, there was, it was teeming with life. <laughs> I think that is so cool. There is good stuff in the middle of the river. And a lot of us just want to stay grounded, keep our feet grounded, and, and don't go past the waist, God, because I, I, don't, I don't want anything else. But God's like, there's a whole river for you to swim in, and there's, it's teeming with life. It's, it, there's so much more for you. Lose touch with the ground and start swimming. Be like Dora. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. And, and whatever, whatever step you are on your spiritual journey, and here's what I want you to get. God's not in a hurry. The most critical baptism is the one called salvation. And that's the one you need, you need to make sure that you have crossed. Get ankle deep at least. But I want to encourage you. He, he doesn't want you to stop right there. Be water baptized. Even Christ was baptized. And if he was baptized, and he's our example, shouldn't we? Just keep taking more steps. And have faith in God that he's going to, to lead you in the right way. Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and 6. And without faith, and sometimes it's a leap of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He knows your heart. He knows where you are. And he knows what you've got left. And he's not looking for perfection. Hear me today. He's not looking for perfection. He's actually looking for progression. He's looking for a metamorphosis for you spiritually. And Justin, would you come at this time? I, I feel the, the Lord speaking to individuals right now. He's looking for a heart that says, God, I know there's more. God, help me to take another step. And I, I want to encourage you to enjoy the journey. And here's the last thing. Relate to him daily. Relate to him as Holy Spirit daily. 
Let this be your prayer, 2 Corinthians 13. In fact, I want you to stand with me. Make this your prayer today. And just, you can speak it out. You can just tell the Lord right now, the amazing grace, and God, no matter what the sin or the mess-ups of our past, the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and I, I pray that you feel love again daily, and the intimate friendship, oh, there it is, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to tell you that God can take a very shy, introverted young man, just like what he did for Peter, and be the same guy years later, stand up and preach. Jesus Christ is Lord and Him only. He is the Messiah. That's what God did for me. What can God do in your life? What can He do for you? If you will seek, earnestly seek Him and have this intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Intimate friendship. And together, with the power of God within us, we can make a difference in the world. Absolutely. If you've never experienced the first baptism, I pray that you do. In fact, would you bow your heads because there could be people watching right now and I that have never given their life to Christ and I, I want to pray a prayer with you and I want to let you know that Jesus came to earth and he died on a cross and he rose again so that you could be saved. I want to lead you in a prayer now of salvation. This is a first baptism, a first immersion. Father, in the name of Jesus, with everything within us, we want all you have for us. So right now, forgive us of our sin. And I repent. I, I change my mind, the way I used to think, and now I think differently. I think God's ways and God's thoughts. I know you're not looking for perfection, and I will never achieve that, but I will live for you all the days of my life the best I can. So I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you say that with me? Jesus Christ is is Lord. Let's say it again. Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> Cleanse me. Let me feel the refreshing of addictions falling off me. Let me feel a refreshing of, of sin going away from me because here at the altar the blood that was shed just like in the Old Testament from an animal. Now, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was slain. And your blood still saves today. And wash us clean. And make us righteous. 
nothing we do. It's all what you do for us. Holy Spirit, I feel your presence. For those that have never been water baptized, I, I invite you to be baptized. And it is one of the greatest experiences going public with your faith. Maybe, maybe you've had those steps. Maybe you are waist deep. But I want you to be able to, to go further where the water's so high that you have to swim in it where you're not in control, but God is, and and just really enjoy God. Receive an immersion, a, a, a deluge, a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is going to be what makes the difference, this power of God in our world today. So I invite the Holy Spirit to reign upon us.